Welcome to What's Working in Washington Extra. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, meet the Capital Tech Coalition. We value context over a blank slate. Context here is more about, like, we are in D.C., the, the center of history, essentially, for the U.S. That history, I think, imbues all of the decisions that we make on a regular basis. And that context, that wisdom of history, really, I think, guides us to make better, more well-informed decisions. For us, it was a no-brainer. Like, none of the people who are part of the committee had a doubt that they should be doing this. We're all so passionate about this. And we really felt like no one was really stepping in and representing us as entrepreneurs. I mean, how could you go to work every day uh, and be an immigrant? and work for somebody, right, who perhaps doesn't believe in immigration as a competitive advantage. That just doesn't make sense. Given voice to DC area tech community on issues affecting business and our values, that is the call to action of the Capital Tech Coalition. We're joined now by the leaders of this, this new group that's emerging here in DC Tech, Don Berger, Rosie Khalif, and Josh Schmeida. Guys, thanks a lot for joining us. And, you know, I, I've learned about this. I've watched it emerge. And I think that uh, for those of us here in the D.C. region, this is this is an important step and a big moment for D.C. Tech. How did this happen? A few people from the community uh, got together probably about January when we started seeing that there were concerns around uh, the travel ban and said, there might be something bigger here and this might impact us. So about 45 leaders, executive leaders got together and co-signed a letter, open letter to the Trump administration asking for um, uh, additional review of the, the travel ban and, and, and a call to action asking for an H-1B visa thing related initiatives. Um, and as we got together and, and everybody sat down and discussed the travel ban, we realized we actually care about more issues than this is just this travel ban. And this happened informally, right? As I recall, you, you got a group of people together. There was no particular outcome in mind when you organized this group, right? No, there was really no outcome. It was just a bunch of entrepreneurs getting together and feeling like we had to do something and we had to do some sort of impact and things were happening that we felt we were were not in our control. And it was it's a very scary feeling when you're in the, the capital of the whole country where all this policy is actually taking place and actually going through. And so you feel a, a bit different than probably entrepreneurs feel in other cities where you feel like you really should take an action more than the next person. And so we got together and, um, you know, we felt like we had to do something and that's kind of where it came to be. You know, it's funny, every time we have a, a team meeting at social tables where our office is literally two blocks in the White House, I kind of look at the team and I'm like, what a week it's been, <laughs> not, not for us, but for everybody else. And we're so close to the epicenter of it all. Uh, we all are, each one of our companies are, the steering committee is seven different individuals who lead different organizations. And we all are, we're from a stone's throw away from the, from, from the White House. So not only is this stuff happening, but it's happening right here. What's mm -hmm. interesting to me is that the businesses that you have are located in DC, but you're not government contractors, not involved in government, but yet what the government's doing caused you to act. Josh, um, why did you get involved in this? Well, I think like others said, the issues that affect our businesses are really you know, important. And uh, our voice in uh, being able to affect the, the direction of the administration and the Congress hasn't really been as strong, I think, uh, given that we are startups, we are not members of large enterprise um, you know, organizations and things like that. Um, I mean, those organizations uh, are just tailored towards uh, different needs. And, and being you know, relatively small companies not involved in working with the government directly, you know, we have a different, uh, I guess, um, 
ability to get our voice out there. And that's what I'm really excited about with this group is that we are able to speak, um, I think, powerfully on the issues that really matter to us and our businesses. And um, I think work together to have a better outcome for all business, especially in D.C. How many entrepreneurs are involved in this group right now, Don? So the steering committee is seven. Uh, the first, the initial kickoff letter had 45 group members, signatories. Uh, I anticipate that if we, so the next step is to actually collect the membership. And I anticipate we'll get probably about 40 members off the bat within that immediate network. Um, and I can see it growing probably about 100 by the end of the year, if I had to estimate 100. And, and then the general parameters are, you know, it's either an agency or a startup, a technology company. And the general profile is about, I would say, roughly 200 employees or less. We have some more. We have a couple of uh, two-woman shops. But um, for the most part, it's it's between two and 200. And what I think is really unique about that is that our workforces are actually predominantly millennial. And what we've what research tells us, you know, that millennials are making employer employ, employment choices based off of the congruency between their own personal values and the values of their organizations. So they're not going to go work for an organization with leadership that they don't feel aligned with uh, from, a, from an advocacy perspective. So what ties uh, the Capital Tech Coalition together? Does, this isn't another trade group or a lobby group. What, what are the right. core values? What are you guys trying to accomplish by coming together? Yeah, yeah, I can speak to that. Our values, I mean, we actually debated this heavily, how to best express our values, because those really are what do bring us together is you know, like Don said, actually, it was funny. Don was saying um, agencies. I imagine a lot of listeners are thinking like government agencies, not, <laughs> and I think that just underscores Somewhere, the yeah. difference in um, in the the language. I think that happens between like the government, like that is DC, like the government center that is DC, and I think the the business center that is DC. And I think that that kind of natural language just kind of speaks to this. So, like some of the values that we really came together on were that we value diversity over exclusivity. And one thing I know I should note here is that the way that we expressed these is not to say that the other is is bad or not or not good. Those are too easy to say. Like we like, you know, sunlight versus darkness, whatever. It's more about what do we choose to what do we what actually really means something to us. And so exclusivity in this case can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but we value diversity. We value innovation over certainty. And I think that speaks to a lot of our businesses and being taking that leap of creating a startup. We value context over a blank slate. Context here is more about, like, we are in D.C., the, the center of history, essentially, for the U.S. That history, I think, imbues all of the decisions that we make on a regular basis. And that context, that wisdom of history, really, I think, guides us to make better, more well-informed decisions. We also value community over self-reliance. And I think community is pretty obvious what it is. And uh, Well, we you say it's obvious, but I'll tell you, over the years, I've had countless groups and CEOs of groups come in and espouse one or more of those points you're entrepreneurs. You get up every day with plenty to do. You're involved as entrepreneurs in making the world different for your business. Why take this on when so many other groups say that they're solving this problem? Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. I think for us, it was a no brainer. Like none of the people who are part of the committee had a doubt that they should be doing this. We're all so passionate about this. And we really felt like no one was really stepping in and representing us as entrepreneurs. You know, we are the innovators. We're the ones that are trying to disrupt industries. We're the ones that are trying to build something new. And we felt like policy and government was getting in the way of that and was really not representing our needs. And so um, we definitely have a lot going on. I think this is one of those things that we are so passionate about and willing to devote extra hours to as you know, as a committee, for sure. You listen to What's Working in Washington Extra, where we take an opportunity to evaluate and learn about a topic that's important for the D.C. region. We're talking with the leaders, some of the leaders of the Capital Tech Coalition, a new group trying to address 
what they perceive are significant gaps and uh, needs within the entrepreneur community. So let's go back to that. Uh, Don, you've been at it. I mean, you know, the immigration letter and uh, I think you were the protagonist for for this. I, I wish I, I wish I could say I was. I think I was the person who just made sure it got done. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people before me and great companies like Urban Stems and Wedding Wire that came together and say, "Hey, let's do this." And yeah. and it kind of stalled. So I was like, "All right, let's just push this." So I I push it. I stand on the on the shoulders of giants in that regard. And we have an incredible steering committee. In fact, the the, the one of the benefits of having someone like Josh who's who's a CTO, is he thinks about things a little differently. So our values, for example, are inspired by the Agile Manifesto as opposed to just a bunch of random words. <laughs> Again, I come back to, for me, uh, as as a boomer, I, I I spend a lot of time in entrepreneur uh, circles. And so this, all you, what you're saying, makes complete sense to me. But I think that there are people listening and there are people in Washington who they think that entrepreneurship and business should be apolitical. Well, you know, I think when you think about what makes a successful business, it takes a lot more than just hustling and making money. I mean, it takes having great people who work with you. It takes having a supportive environment to, to build your business, to bring your ideas to market in. Uh, and all those things are really driven by, you know, the legislative landscape. And so having an impact on those things to, to be pro-business in a meaningful way that means um, we care about our people, we care about opportunities. I, that just is better business, honestly. I have had uh, other guests on the show who uh, study current business and demographic trends tell me that the the emerging worker, you know, the emerging knowledge worker, the the people that are giving our our community the energy, you know, the twenty and thirty year olds, just approach employment and work differently than than Gen Ys and, and Boomers. Do you think that's so? And is that why a group like this exists? I think so. I, you know, the Deloitte just came out with some research that shows uh, they surveyed, surveyed millennials and they said that they make decisions of where they're going to work based off of uh, the political positions of leadership. And I do think it's more relevant. And the reason for that is because of the war for talent. It's really simple. There's a war for talent going on right now. Uh, young, educated folks can choose... Uh, they have they have a plethora of choices, especially when it comes to tech, of where they can work. And because they have so many choices, they add several things to their criteria. They don't just include pay and compensation and the and the and the um, extrinsic stuff that um, we're used to. They include the intrinsic stuff. Um, so perks aside and all that, they want to make sure there's congruency between their their belief system and that of their organization. I mean, how could you go to work every day uh, and be an immigrant? And work for somebody, right, who perhaps doesn't believe in immigration as a competitive advantage. That just doesn't make sense. So, of course, they, they, have, they have now and now more than ever, they have more tools to make those kinds of decisions. And we wanted to uh, put our values first and make sure that at the right time and at the right place with the right um, content, we put our workforce's voice um out there and are representative of that and that was important to us I, look i think it's it's highly important and even when you are talking about large organizations who don't necessarily think about these type of value issues uh, there is a recognition more and more that without authenticity you you're not going to do very well so even the people who don't think business should be political i i think They'll point to a company like a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or a Target, and they'll, you know, in some ways, it is what it is. This is a trend that, uh, 
as I look at the world over the last 10 years, you know, the, the, the world that, that shaped all of your, you know, coming of age, entering the workforce, and then becoming leaders of businesses, there were so many headwinds. You know, there, there are so many headwinds. There are economic headwinds. There are social headwinds. In a lot of ways, why is it that your generation of business leaders didn't just get alienated and disaffected and say, screw it, it doesn't matter? For me personally, it might be that I feel like I have the hope that if we do get together and a bunch of smart people get together and want to make a difference, that a difference can happen. Um, I think it's about not being complacent and being okay with the status quo. And, you know, this is how things are going. It's okay. I think as entrepreneurs, it puts us in a very unique a mindset of how we think about the world. Um, the way I think about the world is how can this be made better? How can I improve on this? How can I make this more efficient, more effective? I mean, I think that's why I'm, I'm an entrepreneur as is uh, the group. And so I think that puts us in a very unique place of how we even position and how we even think about this committee as, you know, what can we do together to make a difference? Yeah, I would actually say, like, I think one of the core parts of entrepreneurship is almost being driven beyond your own thought to do what needs to be done. And for me, it's very much a part of like, I got plenty of things on my plate. I don't have time for all extra stuff, but I can't not participate. I can't not speak my mind around these things. It's just, it's just too important. One of the topics that I come back to again and again and over the years has been to try to figure out what makes entrepreneurship in this region unique. What is DC entrepreneurship these days? I think it's people who wanna help each other. It's a very collaborative environment. I think a lot of other startup environments are a little bit more siloed. Um, and I think since we're not the what you think of right away when you think of startups, we in a way wanna help each other more succeed and be on the map further. Um, I think another important point to note is that we're all getting talent from outside of DC. So we're bringing very like-minded, startup-y, hustler-type people into DC. And a lot of those people are gonna go on and start their own companies in DC. I think that's very inspiring. So does this ultimately, we mentioned earlier immigration, inclusiveness is another big core value does that will that ultimately drive the your group towards issues like um education you know skills development and how do you how do you find a way to influence those those parts of our community from the standpoint of being entrepreneurs and business people so i think uh, step one is first of all, making sure that we align on the issues that are important. You know, the other day when I kind of, as I've been more involved with this stuff, uh, one of my employees asked a question um, on, in, our, in our town hall anonymously, you know, it seems like Social Tables is aligning politically it was, and, and, and I don't want to be involved with that. And my response was, this is not politics, this is advocacy. And I think that's a key difference. And I want to make sure that the audience understands that because we're not going in there and supporting a candidate. We're not going in there and uh, making contributions, at least not yet. What we are doing is we are taking a stance on an issue that we think is important for our businesses and for the place we live and for the country we love. And that's why we're doing it. So step one is identify the issue. Step two is take a position on it. Step three is maybe mobilize an action and hope for the best. If uh, if I want to know more or if I want to be involved. We, uh, we have a website, capitaltechcoalition.com. So you can go in there and check out our mission statement, our values. You can get in contact with us through that. Well, I want to thank Don Berger, Rosie Califf, and uh, Josh Maida for taking the time to educate us on Capital Tech Coalition. You know, guys, I think that you're a great example of what makes DC Tech work and what makes it unique. We'll have you on again, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. 
Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online contributors are Michael Hoffman, Barbara Ulrich, and Candace Pye. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.